church membership then my soul had a stir and I earnestly prayed till I knew without a doubt I was saved a deep settled peace in my happy soul now my life has a name heaven is my goal now this world's gathering storms cannot make me afraid I can shout without a doubt I'm saved without a doubt I'm could tell of the story when the thousands were fed, when he lifted the sick, when he raised up the dead. I could sing of the others like the blind made to see, but I'd rather tell you what's happened to Right. 
Once I was lost, but now I am found in the book of life. My name's written down. Now I'm part of the family. I'm a child of the King. This is my story. This is my song to sing. I'm coming Friday, then you need to see my bride about that, and uh, this coming Friday, so if you got any questions about that, you need to see her, please, because uh, I think they're planning on doing that, and uh, so just keep that in mind. If you can touch base with her, that'd be wonderful, but tonight, Matthew chapter number one is where we're going to look for just a little bit uh, with the help <clears throat> of the Lord, and uh, it's not many times when I'm not fired up to preach. I guess one of the only time, some of the some of the worst times to preach was when I had shingles, and I was fired up in a different way. I can tell you that. And uh, but anyhow, uh, I get excited to preach about Jesus. Anytime, anytime you get a privilege to preach God's word, it's just a calling that God places on your heart, on your life. But man, when you get to exalt Jesus, and I try to do that uh, every opportunity that I get. But boy, tonight this focus the the Christ of Christmas. If I could put several messages together. Uh, this sort of kicked things off right here tonight when I read Matthew chapter number 1. It's one of those beloved traditional texts that we read about. And uh, I thank for the whole Word of God. But boy, this is just special here, especially this time of the year. And uh, most of you may even be able to quote it. You might not be able to quote it verbatim, but when I begin to read, you'll say, yeah, I remember that, that portion right there. Because a lot of times we read this text, and sometimes Luke chapter number 2, when we think about the birth of Christ. But this will be the premise text of the messages that... That I think will fo- that I think will follow, 
uh, after this on the Christ of Christmas, preaching on a couple questions, and I hope it'll be a blessing to you uh, tonight, but I'm thankful for Jesus, man. I hope you'll get that. Uh, if you don't get nothing else, you ought to be thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ and why he came. But tonight, Matthew chapter 1, I'm not going to ask you to stand, but notice with me in verse number 18, and just notice the beloved text that most will be familiar with if you've been in the church any length of time. Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 18, the Bible said this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Man, that's capitalized in my Bible. It's probably capitalized in your Bible. If it ain't, it needs to be, because there ain't, no ain't nobody else like the Lord Jesus Christ. But thou shalt call his name Jesus, for I love this, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Now let's pray. Father, it's about God again tonight. Sure am thankful we got somebody we can lean on. Lord, I sure do need uh, that help tonight. I need that strength from another world. I pray God you'd touch us, Lord, with unction and anointing. Pray that you'd speak to every heart that's in our assembly tonight. Those listed by way of the Facebook, the live stream, the telephone, CD ministry, radio ministry, whatever it may be. Pray that you'd minister to every heart above all. There's one lost. I pray God that you'd save them. But Lord, I pray that you'd deal with hearts tonight. Encourage hearts. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. And we're going to give you thanks for what you do. We ask these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Well, the Christ of Christmas, there's a lot that we could say about that. I won't go into great length, but in our, in our society and in our culture, uh, much is made much, or there's, there's a lot that's made over the Christmas season, but too many times Christ itself, himself is left out. It's, they think, well, it's Christmas trees, or it's gifts, or it's wreaths, or, or it's wrapping paper, it's family get-togethers, it's eating, this, it, that, that, and the other. But really, when we separate or celebrate Christmas, I understand there's a lot of things that's attached with that family time, but man, Christmas is about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's that time of year where we celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, we do celebrate his birth, but we do understand, I hope tonight, that, that he was born to die. As when he came, I mean, we, we, we focus on his birth, and we're thankful that he came, but why in the world did he come? He come to die on an old rugged cross so we could be set free from sin. It's the simplicity of the gospel message in a nutshell, but why did he come? There's several reasons tonight we're going to look at. Of course, we read this text, and he came through the lineage of a virgin. We understand that. You can go all the way back into the Old Testament, over there in Isaiah chapter number 7, and verse number 14. But why did Jesus come, the, the Christ of Christmas? Why did he come? Well, first of all, I just want to say this tonight. He came to fulfill Scripture. It should not have taken uh, the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day by, 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 by 
chance that the Lord Jesus come. They should have been expecting the Messiah. They knew where to look there in a place called Bethlehem. Why? Because hundreds of years before, it was prophesied that the Lord Jesus would come. Well, why did he come, preacher, the Christ of Christmas, to fulfill Scripture? For in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 14, the Bible said, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now we know by our New Testament, Emmanuel is interpreted God with us. And that's exactly what Jesus is. He was. Why in the world did he come? He come to fulfill Scripture as the prophet Micah had prophesied that he would come. Well, yes, he did come. If you'll remember from the end of Malachi to the book of Matthew, there was total silence. About 400 years, God did not speak unto the people. Boy, the Lord Jesus and John the Baptist broke in on the scene in a mighty way. And listen, I, there, there may be times, think about this, and if you don't get nothing else, get this too. There may be times in your life where it feels like the Lord is silent. feel like you ain't getting it. You just hang on, honey. God will have a fresh word somewhere along the line. And after 400 years, the Lord Jesus Christ came to fulfill Scripture because it was prophesied that He would come. Also, in the book of Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, you know this Scripture well. For unto us is born, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and the increase of his government, and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth and forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That's another fulfillment of Scripture. We see it coming to pass. Here in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, and also in Luke, chapter number 2, you'll see why in the world did he come. He come to fulfill Scripture, also the place where he was born. It was prophesied, and he was born there to fulfill Scripture. For in Micah, uh, chapter number 5, and verse number 2, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth have been from of old from everlasting so there in that little town of Bethlehem that's where the Lord Jesus Christ came that's where he was born why was that he came to fulfill scripture that is the Christ of Christmas so why did he come he come to fulfill scripture but not only that why did he come he come to finish the standard you say well I'm talking about finish the standard. When you go back and you look and you think about the laws of God, and it, you don't have to look very far to understand that you and I could never measure up to the holy, righteous standard that God has in His laws. There's a whole lot more than the Ten Commandments. There's not a one of us that can say we're squeaky clean by keeping the Ten Commandments, not to count all the other commandments and, and things that the Lord had laid out. But Jesus came not only to fulfill Scripture. He was to be born of a virgin. We understand that He was going to be born in Bethlehem because He fulfilled Scripture. But He come to finish the standard, that righteous standard to allow individuals into heaven. The only way that God could let us in is if somehow or another we can measure up unto His righteousness. Now here's the thing. You and I could never do it in and of ourselves. We could never attain that. We could never accomplish that. But I'm glad Brian don't have to worry about that. I'm glad you don't have to worry about that because Jesus fulfilled that righteousness in Himself. He come to finish 
the standard. He was, there's only been, what I'm trying to say is this, there's only been one perfect man that ever walked on the face of this planet, and his name was the Lord Jesus Christ. No, I wasn't talking about you. I wasn't talking about your youngins or your grandbabies. I was talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that is perfect. Now, listen, I've met some people along the way that felt like they had a ride and thought that they were perfect. But listen, we met, we missed the mark. We missed the standard that God set. But Jesus come, oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, to fulfill Scripture. But he come to finish the standard to provide a way that you and I could obtain a place called heaven by being clothed not in our righteousness, which would never be enough, but to be clothed in his Righteousness, Because think about this, the standard that was set in James chapter 2 and verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. None of us could never accomplish that. None of us could ever attain that. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10. For as many as are the works of the law are under the curse. We had a curse sitting upon us because we failed to attain and accomplish the righteous standard that God had laid out. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. You don't have to look far to see that we've come short, that we have missed the Mark, but the Christ of Christmas, why did he come? He came to fulfill scripture. He came to finish the standard that we could never achieve. For the Bible said in Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Well, when did, he, when did that happen, preacher? Well, the Bible puts it this way in Galatians chapter number 4 and verse 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son made of a woman through that virgin birth, if you will, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. God knew we could never attain it. God knew we could never accomplish that holy, righteous standard. So God made a boy. We got a gracious God. Can I get a witness right there? We got a good God. We got a wonderful, we got a merciful God. I'm talking about a God that loved us so much he didn't want to see any of us die and perish and go to a place called hell. And he loved us enough that he gave his son. He came through that lineage of the virgin birth. Why did he come? The Christ to Christmas to finish we understand to finish that standard but to fulfill scripture and he did both of those I think about this in in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 one of the reasons and I say this quite often but we can pray unto him because he's a well qualified high priest you go to Hebrews chapter 5 and it lays out the qualifications of the high priest. So listen, Jesus is the only one that ever came through that line perfect, without blemish, without spot. Paul, Peter said there's no guile found in his mouth. He came before Pilate. Pilate thoroughly examined him on three different occasions, came back with the same response and the same answer. He said, I find no fault in him, find no fault in him, find no fault because they wouldn't any fault in the Son of God. And thank God because he was the perfect sacrifice. He, yes, we know that he wrote again seated at the right hand of the Father but listen to this in Hebrews 4 15 for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin why did he come he come to fulfill scripture he come to finish the standard of holiness that we could never attain 
And yes, he was tempted in all points like his will. He knows what it was like to be hungry. He knew what it was like to be thirsty. He knew what it was like uh, to be mistreated and to be beaten. He knew what it was like to die. The things that we will face yet, there was one fundamental difference between us and him. He is without sin. And you see, he finished that standard. The Christ of Christmas, why did he come? He came to fulfill scripture. He came to finish the standard, but not only that, he came to face the separation. He came to face the separation. What separation, preacher? Well, there's a separation between God the Father and God the Son. The only time ever in history of existence there's ever been any separation between God the Father and God the Son was when Jesus hung between heaven and earth. You remember when he hung on the cross, there were seven cries from the cross. In chronological order, there was the fourth cry from the cross when the Lord Jesus said, My God, my God, which is a direct quotation from Psalm 22. The only time you'll find him quoting or referring to his, he always referred to to God as his Father, except in that particular time when he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Well, what was taking place right there, preacher? Well, he, he was facing the separation of him and his Father. Because that's when God the Father, remember the, the righteous standard? The righteous standard, I mean, God can only let, allow righteous folks and, and completely folks or folks that, that, that are without absolute no blemish at all to get into heaven. We can't attain that. We can't accomplish that. So God had to make a way. He sent the Lord Jesus to, and he came through that, that lineage of a virgin. That's why he was perfect. He came, we understand, to finish that standard. He became that righteousness. But God had to find a way in order for us to be able to go to a place called heaven. And Jesus had to face that separation between God the Father and God the Son. Because what God the Father was doing in that hour from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, He was pouring out not some of the wrath of God. He was pouring it all out on His Son. And see, God cannot look on sin. That's when God pulled down the shades from the sixth to the ninth hour. You study your Bible, there was darkness over all the land. That's when God the Son was judging my sin, judging your sin in and of himself. For the Bible said in Matthew 27, verse 45 and 46, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land in the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabbathani, that is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's when he was taking on the sin, the one that knew no sin. But he was bearing that, but he faced that separation between him and him. Between him, God the Son, and God the Father. Why did he do that? It was, just, it was necessary for you and I. So you and I wouldn't have to be separated from God in a place called the lake of fire, which is referred to as a second death in Revelation chapter number 20, verse number 14 and 15. You see, he took, he took my sin. He took my shame. He took my guilt. And you ought to say hallelujah too because he took yours too. If you say by the good grace of God, he faced that separation so you and I wouldn't have to be separated from a Christ, a thrice holy God in a place called hell. For the Bible said this in the book of John chapter number 3 and verse number 36. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Or, or he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God 
abideth on him. You see the individual that's lost today? There's a separation between you and God. You die in your sin, you go to a place called hell. Eventually you'll come up out of the, out of the place called hell. There's the great white throne judgment, Revelation chapter number 20. And you'll be cast into the lake of fire. That is the second death. That's eternal separation from God. But there's no excuse, oh listen, for any man, woman, boy, or girl to die lost in their sin. Because Jesus didn't pay some of it. He paid it all so you and I could go to a place called He faced the separation so you and I wouldn't have to. I think I shared with you this morning, if you ever get to feeling down on yourself, and sometimes we'll do that, I encourage you just go to Romans 5. If you want something to look at, just go to Romans chapter number 5, and I want you to think on this thought, what are the benefits of me being saved? And just read down through there. Access with God, peace with God, justified. But listen to this, Romans chapter 5 and verse 9. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. How are we saved through, from wrath through Him? Because He faced the separation so I wouldn't have to. He faced that separation so you wouldn't have to. You see, the Christ of Christmas is a whole lot more than Christmas trees and gifts and family gatherings and get-together. And yeah, I'm happy for all that. But the Christ of Christmas... Why did he come, preacher? He come to fulfill Scripture. He come to finish that standard because we could never attain it. We could never accomplish that righteous standard. But I'm glad uh, I'm clothed in his righteousness tonight. And if you've never been saved, you're clothed in your righteousness. And your righteousness will never get it done. But he faced that separation between himself and the Father when the Father judged the world's, my stinking sin, your stinking sin, the sin of the whole world. He judged it all. So you and I would never have to face separation from a holy God. But it's a choice that we got to make. But yeah, he came to, to fulfill Scripture. He came to finish the standard. He came to face the separation. But I like this, Brother Harold. He came to forgive sinners. <laughs> came to forgive sinners. Why, why did he come? The Christ of Christmas. He came the, in, in the simplest form to forgive sinners. Somebody will ask this question, well, who, who's a sinner? That question was asked in the Bible. That's every person that's ever lived outside of the Lord Jesus. Again, Romans 3.10, there's none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I don't have to preach a 10-hour uh, sermon for you to get that. We all have sinned, but Jesus, why did he come, preacher, to forgive the sinner like me and the sinner like you. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, you know it well. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I love that song we sing. I'm glad I got lost so I could be saved. Amen. Amen. I'm glad I got lost so I could be found. We got to get lost before we can get found, man. Somebody said, oh, it's so hard to get people saved. It's not difficult at all to get people saved. It's difficult to get them lost. You get them lost, they'll get saved. Amen. But it takes the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy, this is a spiritual book. We understand Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. It takes the, the, the Holy Spirit to impart spiritual truth. It's way beyond academics and, and intellectual knowledge. It's a heart where the Holy Ghost has convicted us of our sin. But just rest assured, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's everybody. Everybody's got the opportunity, just like we talked about this morning. I mean, there's opportunity, but there's folks that just kick that can down the road. But listen to this, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24. But this man, talking about Jesus, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. 
Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost. We, uh, we just sang that just a few minutes ago. Sister Maddie sung that. I'm saved to the uttermost and I know that I am. Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. You see he came to forgive sinners. But you can't go through the Pope. You can't go through the priest. You can't go through some denomination. You can't go through some preacher. You got to go through the king of kings and the Lord of lords he's the only one that can forgive sin if anybody ever tells you anything other than that man you better run just as fast as you can away from them because Jesus is the only way always been the only way always will be the only way but he came to forgive sinners Ephesians 1 verse 7 said in whom in reference to the Lord Jesus in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of of his grace. A lot of times we can describe our riches. You say, all right, how much riches you got? So, Art, you look at your bank accounts, you look at your 401k, you look at your IRAs, your investments, you look at uh, the property that you got, you look at the, the vehicles that you own, the real estate that you got, say, all right, here's my riches. Man, that ain't even a drop in the bucket to the riches of God's grace. Our little finite minds can't even comprehend how gracious God is to us. And you see, he came. The Christ of Christmas, the reason he, why did he come? He came to fulfill that scripture. He came to finish that standard because we could never attain and achieve or accomplish a, a right standing with God on our own. So he come to be that perfect sacrifice for you and I. He faced that separation. God the Father and God the Son, when he took all of God's wrath, and he bore that for those six to ninth hour. Then about the ninth hour, he bowed his head. And no man took, it for, took his life. For, he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. And we understand he had power to lay it down. He had power to take it again. You read John chapter number 10. It talks about that as well. But he, he forgives sinners. That's why he came. But there's one other reason. You see, he came. Why did he come? The Christ of Christmas. To fulfill that scripture. To finish that standard of face, that separation to forgive, that standard, but he came to feed the sheep. He came to feed the sheep. It always interests me, Brother Harold, God's mascot is a sheep. And this is how it's described in Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. <laughs> We've turned everyone to their own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He bore it all. We're referred to as sheep. And you see, he came. Why did he come? The Christ of Christmas. Yeah, all those others we already looked at, but he came to feed the sheep. Oftentimes, and I've given you this before, but Jesus is referred to in three different ways in the New Testament. First of all, he's referred to as a good shepherd in John chapter 10. Then he's referred to as a great shepherd in Hebrews 13. Then he's referred to as a chief shepherd, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 4. We'll listen to the wording of this. Why did he come? He come to feed the sheep as the good shepherd, John 10 and verse 11. Jesus said, I am. That's one of the seven I am statements in the gospel of John. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. So as a good shepherd, he gives his life for the sheep. But as the great shepherd, he rose again to care for the sheep. You see, we don't, and we say this quite often, but I don't think we really even realize it sometimes. We don't serve a dead statue. We don't serve some man-made figure here. I mean, we serve a real, risen Savior that rose again. As a good shepherd, he gave his life for the sheep. 
He took our place. As the great shepherd, he rose again, and he cares for the sheep today. For the Bible said in Hebrews 13 and verse number 20, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. You see the context. You see the wording of that. As a good shepherd, he gives his life for the sheep. As a great shepherd, he rose again to care for the sheep. But as a chief shepherd, he's coming again one day to get his sheep. For in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, that's a reference to the Lord Jesus, and that shepherd is capitalized as well. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. You see, he came, the Christ of Christmas. Yeah, he come to feed the sheep as a good shepherd. He gives his life for the sheep. Great shepherd, he rose again to care for the sheep. As a chief shepherd, he's coming again one day to receive his sheep. Why did he come, the Christ of Christmas, Sister Savannah's coming? He came to fulfill Scripture. He came to finish that standard of holiness that we could never attain, but Jesus became our substitute. I love 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that, that, that says it plainly for, He hath made him, the Lord Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. But he came to fulfill that Scripture, to finish that standard. He came to face that separation of God the Father so we wouldn't be separated from God in a place called the lake of fire. He came to forgive sinners. You may be here tonight, maybe listening. Say, preacher, I messed up. I made a lot of mistakes. Well, just join the crowd. But Jesus come not to condemn, but he came to give his life so you could be set free from sin. He came to forgive you. Preacher, what must I do? We looked at it this morning. Hey, discipleship, after you get saved, Jesus says, come after me. But when you need him for salvation, Matthew 11, verse 28, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Man, that old load of, that old load of sin, that guilt, the man you're carrying that stuff around. I'm glad you don't have to bear that alone. I'm glad Jesus took it all on the cross. You just call on him, and man, he can take that away. Why is that possible, preacher? The Christ of Christmas, why did he come? He come to forgive sinners. And he came to feed the sheep. Whatever you got to need tonight, we don't serve a dead God. Say, preacher, I'm struggling in the area of my life. I know I'm saved, but I got a problem. Hey, you can talk to him. He intercedes on our behalf tonight. But if you need Jesus, you need salvation, you need some help from another world, I beg you tonight to come get some as we stand all over the house. Hello, friends. This is Brian Pondexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church, located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m., with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat-and-meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's Holy Word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. 
Above all, you may be listening today and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. And I say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them, if you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sin. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness 
and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here, and may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.